0: And we're live!
1: Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to a new installment of Fans of Power here this week. I'm Tyler T-Rex-Baker and um, with me is a uh, a guy who thinks he's funny, who thinks he's uh, just uh, a comedian, a a Robin Williams, and uh, he's got a a surprise for everybody tonight, or today, this morning, whenever you might be watching this here, is... uh, the Rotten Modo himself, Mojo Lock.
2: Not anymore. Uh, Tyler for almost 30 episodes here at least on YouTube, I've had the pleasure of wearing this mask and it's been uh it's become known as Mojo Lock mask. I mean, fans said it, so I started saying it, so it had a good vibe and as many people as like seeing me wear a mask, there's also been those that said Joe, why don't you take it off? Joe, why do you hide behind a mask? What's the real Joe model like? So I contemplated a lot about it, saying, should I take this mask off? So I figured today would be the day. Uh, And I know some people were annoyed. They were like, they can't believe I'm doing it. But I figured, what the heck? I mean, I guess I can finally get rid of this old mask and finally reveal. My new mask. Did you really think I was gonna show my face? Did you think I was gonna show Joe model's face? That ain't gonna happen. So I got rid of my old one I did here. I redrew it and everything. Like I said, everything you see, the eyes, the mouth, the teeth, everything. It's all being redrawn. It's a lot cleaner. So out with the old, in with the new. You're not getting rid of my Joe lock. So I didn't know. I was like, I was hoping people weren't gonna fall for it. There were some people that concerned, but didn't happen. So there you go. Here I am. I'm still always Macho lock. There you go. What do you think of that, T-Rex? Did you think you were going to see my face too? I didn't know what you were thinking. Not going to happen.
1: Oh, I I thought you were going to show your face. I mean, I had hard nipples. I I just <laughs> I just thought Joe was was going to reveal his his visage to to the world, and I would be there to see it, just like everybody else. That I, I would be uh, not part of the show, but I would be a spectator. I mean, I I I was uh, I mean. <laughs> Like I said, I mean you could you can hang clothing off these nipples here, man. They were so so they're clear.
2: ready ready to go, huh? But either way, later during the show I am gonna uh like I said, there's gonna be a little trivia. I'll give away that mask. So somebody is gonna wear the the original module lock mask. So I didn't lie, this really is being retired. This one is going away, but somebody's gonna win this. I've been wearing it for over thirty episodes, so somebody can have the it it.
1: authentic Amato sweat, you know, That's- built the mask, so when you put it on, <laughs> you'll feel the power of a motto. There you, you go, Forcing your veins, it, it, it'll it'll be going. Th- I mean, your veins will start popping up with like the power of a motto, and it's just gonna that's be like something in right. like a horror movie, like a disease spreading through you, you know?
2: Yeah, that's what I've heard. I'm a disease, I'm, I'm a parasite, so hey, and I
1: mean, people. Cure.
2: And you're the cure. All right, but hey.
1: But make it a little Cobra reference there, you know? Joe's a disease, I'm the cure.
2: There you go. Well, I'll tell you what, if for anything, though, I'll show one little thing. This was when I was six years old. So here's one little taste. And this is this actually is true. This is the first time I even, I think, showed a whole photo of me. But all right, there's little Joe. There's little Joe right there. That's me when I was six years old, right there. So I didn't lie. You got to see me from a far distance, but there you go. So I showed myself. Did I lie? Did I lie?
1: You think you're funny, don't you?
2: I'm asking you, did I lie? I said, I, I I never really said I was showing my face or anything. I said the mask was being retired. I, I retired the mask. Some people wonder if I'd show my face. I showed my face. I didn't say at what time though. So there you go. So that's the big reveal. And later we'll be giving away the mask with some trivia. Oh, so there, I, I made good on all my promises. Like the new mask though? You like it? think like it comes out pretty good. Like I said, everything nice and clean. This is all redrawn. Everything. I, re- I drew this whole thing, cleaned it up. It looks looks pretty cool. So, I don't know. looks
1: I, exactly I, the same.
2: No! No, look here. You got to get... Like I said, look at, look at the eyes. First, you can see the eyes have been changed. Look at the teeth. Look at the middle of the teeth. I got more teeth on this mask now. You so. have more teeth. Yeah, and it's been smoothed up, cleaned up. It's all streamlined. So, well, there's the reveal. So, there you go. Ugh.
0: Yeah, it's great.
1: But, uh
2: Well, okay, so now that that's out of the way, I hope I didn't sucker too many people. I don't think they fell for
1: it. We've we probably got people, like, knocking over their coffee tables and breaking beer bottles. <laughs> I mean, I bet there were people who were turning into, like, their local tavern with, like, a desktop – you know, or, not desktop – a laptop set up, and they see this, and there's, like, there's several ballroom brawls going on, like, Roadhouse. Roadhouse is going on right now because you basically switched the people here.
2: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. So like I said, out with the old, in with the new. The, the chat
0: room the chat room is uh, resembling the scene in airplane when they announce that uh, they're asking if anybody knows how to fly the plane. Everybody starts jumping and the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses or Harry Krishna's or whatever start punching people in the face and uh, you know, that's it's it's pandemonium in there.
1: I probably have to go to somebody who's really losing and just start smacking them around and there'll be a lineup of everybody just waiting to smack the hell out of this person. He just won't calm down.
0: And that would be me. I'm
2: so excited. Everything. They're just grabbing me. Calm down. Get a hold of yourself. Psh, psh, waiting with bats and pipes and guns. So, well, that's how it the leads
1: lead to so many drinking problems after that. That's what's really going to happen, too. <laughs> okay. so I, I, I'm trusting people are picking up all the airplane references here.
2: Great movie, by the way.
1: Yes, yeah, great I
0: movie. I picked in. the wrong week to stop sniffing glue.
1: Yeah. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> all right.
2: But, uh... Well, anyways, I was going to say just to announce at least for something that was shown, uh, I think, this week was Funko said at San Diego Comic-Con they had some exclusives. They're going to have a Skeletor and Panthor two-pack of those Dorbs, and I think uh, Panthor is going to be flocked. I think he's flocked. And also they have a a She-Ra. I don't know. Somebody have to explain this to me. I never seen, but I thought they called it Candy pop she i don't even know what it is i was like does this come with candy so i, I was lost I, i'm not into all the funko stuff so i'm clueless on it but it's a cool like uh i, I guess st- mini statue thing of her whatever and then the last one was uh oh dear god what the heck was the last one maybe uh Derek can. what was the last thing it was a uh, was it scareglow? oh scareglo scareglo was a um he's now going to be a pop figure then i have a, a pop vinyl scareglo which look cool. So, those are exclusive all the San Diego Comic Con. I don't know if they're going to do any on their website. You know, sometimes companies do that where they offer a limited amount, but they didn't announce. So, that's the new news, I guess. Did you hear anything new, Tyler? Or is that pretty much it?
1: I uh, I, I heard that. Um...
2: Here comes something uh, sarcastic.
0: I can tell. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, time. you know what? I got nothing. <laughs> like I got nothing. I, I was, was going to roll, you know, roll just smoothly and i'm like and it just kind of came to a quick stop
2: yeah, i knew it i could just tell in your tone but all right so well now that that kind of well, re- I
1: mean, just okay i'll pound this home it's 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 you hear more and more bad decisions from sony about spider-man which t- just continues to validate the fact that if you don't like what they're doing with the spider-man films and all the the, the rights they've got to and making stupid decisions because they've got it well they're going to do the exact same thing with the he man movie so that that's It's not necessarily He-Man news like I did before with their previous boneheaded ideas, but... By chance, has there been any news at all of the movie? Nope, not a single one. All they're announcing is a black cat and a silver sable movie, and then a Venom movie. It's going to have Carnage in it, but no Spider-Man, so... You know, yeah, they're going to
2: focus on, like I said, they'll be focused on Marvel stuff. Masters, it, it ain't going to happen It'd be cool if it did, but I doubt it's going to. It's just not going to happen.
1: And well, I know I, they'll probably... Brother, I wish they'd lose, lose it all, but I, I, unfortunately, there's going to be some sort of casualty. It's either going to be He-Man or Spider-Man. And it looks like at this point, Spider-Man is probably going to be the, the, the victim, because I'm I, I just I, I'm sure He-Man was just going to fall by the wayside and be forgotten. Well, I mean, Probably well, for the best with this group. So
2: It's just sad because, like I said, we go through the same shtick every single year where they always say, but you wait. San Diego Comic Con, they're going to say something. Then it comes and nothing happens. And then a week later, they might say one thing and then it goes away again. I mean, it's just, it's like a rerun. I feel like we're living the same <laughs> movie every year. We have our own Masters of the Universe movie. It's called Waiting for a Movie, and it's not going to happen every single year. We go through it, and people get so excited, it doesn't happen. So oh, and
1: it's like, everyone else like Alzheimer's patients. Not to make fun of Alzheimer's patients, but the minute they hear some sort of, you know. They, they've hired a a, a the, the catering service for for the He-Man movie that has not gone into production, not even pre-production, not even a, a finished script. But they've hired the catering services. People are like, oh, um, oh, do my eyes deceive me? Is there really an update heading in the direction of a brand new He-Man movie? They've hired catering services for the movie. <laughs> you know, just.
2: Well, just remember, it's coming December twenty nineteen. We're gonna get it, so get prepared. Again, it'd be cool, but I don't think it's no. Bad.
1: Not with Sony. No, it will not be cool, and you damn well know that. It is not going to be cool. It's going to be everything that people hate and dread.
2: You know, that's a scary thing. It's like you said. Sure, we want a movie to happen. It's always delayed, but. I'm sure that if it did actually happen, oh man, I mean, I can only imagine you, you're right.
1: We always critique fans of every property. I'm not people critique, optimistic but... about a movie coming, but look where it's at. I mean, and look, this is not even a legitimate discussion. I was just being sarcastic when I said this. But point being, it's like people who, and I'm a Spider Man nut, so to hear this kind of news, is it's very disconcerting. I think it's absolutely stupid. I could just go in to strangle all the execs for for even thinking such stupid things. Let alone actually greenlighting a Venom movie with no Spider Man. And uh, it's just it's just they're so desperate that we got to make money. We're going to make more stupid decisions, and piss off fans, and they're it's going to you know, keep making more and more duds, and and, and then point the finger at everybody else and say it wasn't my fault. You know, so I just feel like it's it's. I, I, I hope Heman continues to get delayed to the point where they just taken off their books because and, they lose money on a Venom movie that with no Spider Man and think you throw Carnage in there, it's going to sell. I'm like, it's, it's going to be horrible. Yeah, Black Cat it, Silver Table movie? No, without Spider Man, no, go to hell.
2: Yeah, so the the movie probably won't happen. If it yeah, does, I'm it'll sorry, start disappointing
1: back there. And I, I uh, yeah. to uh, to Doug, I want to apologize for my language from last week. So uh, I just want to uh, let him know that this podcast is, in fact, a rated R podcast. I, just want, podcast. Out,
0: I just want to point out that my ears are not a toilet, okay?
2: <laughs> what? <laughs> he said, like, what? Well, the ears, because it doesn't, like, take in – well, I don't know. I'd assume that's what he meant. I don't know what the reference was, but go ahead. My ears? Toilet, no, it's, no it's, ears. It's, from, it's from
0: a TV show called The IT Crowd.
2: Oh god, this okay. is this something you're that he, I should
0: figure out? The the line is my ears are not a toilet.
1: Okay. His ears are not a toilet. So he doesn't want to hear my crap. So but this podcast is a radar R podcast, people. We just want people to know that. So people listen to their kids. This is a podcast for real fans who want real discussions about Master of the Universe here. So
0: that's so. that's
1: just take caution that if you if you, you wanna be entertained, you're gonna have to listen to some rated R content here. You understand? Mm-hmm. Don't we, we don't be too it, if Doug would promote the show in in all in uh, you know various websites and stuff with a big rated R stamp right on in a brief description of what rated R really means in fans of po- fans of you know fans of power. I was gonna say fans of podcasts. I'm getting so tongue tongue tied.
0: <laughs> you are not Edge, on. you are not the WWE rated R champion.
1: Uh-oh, see, so he's he's, he ain't edge. At least, thank God. Uh, you- uh, yeah, sure, I could I could be. I could be. I could I could be the edge equivalent of the Massachusetts Spain committee. I really could be.
2: I'm just glad I wasn't the only one. I could be a
1: great heel. President. I could be a great baby face. I could do
2: both. You're good, but at least, like I said, I'm glad that I wasn't the only one that didn't get the IT reference and Tyler didn't get it too because I was like, oh, God, are we going to have another Seinfeld thing? But thank God that well, didn't
1: happen. I could do some more Seinfeld, but it might, it might get, you know, crickets.
2: No, that's there.
1: That's Don't knows, knows what I'm talking about. When I that.
2: Yeah, all right. All right. Well, like you said, real fans, real talk. So speaking of real talk, once you start it off, we're gonna get going. We're gonna do our character profile. And this time it's gonna be for the leader of the snake men, and that's King Hiss. We've done every other faction's leader, but we haven't touched King Hiss yet. So go
1: ahead, T Break. We haven't done act yet. We did Hordak, didn't we? No, we did not. All we right. were Horde for someone in particular.
2: Oh, shoot. I thought we did. Okay, well I had my Joe
1: Cena moment. He knows who he is while we haven't done Hordak.
2: I had a Cena moment. okay, well we're getting to the Snake Man. We haven't really covered them at all. Period much anyways of doing April profiles, So, go ahead. Initial thoughts. Go ahead. Get going on King hiss.
1: Oh boy. The King hiss is um Man, where where do you start on well, this? Well, that's character? a
2: chapstick-worthy uh, moment, huh? You have to get going. To, the going?
1: I have to uh, co- collect my thoughts. I'm gonna I'm gonna have like a, a cloud above my head projecting my thoughts. of King Hiss. you know, it's King Hiss is, is a is a phenomenal character. I mean, he's you know, from if you were fortunate enough to come along in, in during the the eighties and pick him up as an vintage figure, in, in which I was, uh, it, it was it was such a, I mean, a overly unique character that not, I mean, he was heavily, I mean, way outside the box, but was completely fit in with all the He-Man toys because I mean, the gimmick of him shedding his, his body, his arms and his back and his chest and revealing this nest of snakes underneath him. It was, and I'm terrified of snakes, but, but, uh, as a child, it, it was what you want in a, a bad guy. I mean, it was, um, I played with King Hiss a whole lot, man. I, I
2: that was a fun figure.
1: He was it. It, fun. And it was fun just to sit and take him apart and uh, to go and show any adult that was around. Look at all the snakes. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, mama, look at all the snakes. You know, and because I mean, you had like the snake wrapped up up inside his torso and the arms and the head. I mean, it was just like he was a mess of snakes and.
2: Did you ever try to do... There was something I tried to do because I loved that just how it popped off. It was so cool seeing how it popped off and showed the snakes. But then you had the shell of the character. I remember I tried to take at least the front because you couldn't fit them both and I put it over another He-Man figure if I had an extra one to try to say, okay, here's the good King His and here's the bad King His. I loved just the whole gimmick of that guy. It was just such a cool appeal, especially when you looked at the card back and the way they played it out of how, hey, he looks like a friendly guy and then he turns into that nasty guy. I liked Gimmick.
1: It, it was it was a fun, and he did. They, I mean, they they sculpt the the friendly look on his face, which I thought was really cool as a kid because it was very. De- I, I took it as very deceptive. You know that the, the, the actual Al shell the figure looks very friendly, but he's got the same logo and the scaly body, and it was. But it was just like a nice surprise when you're building it up when you're playing with your toys to so this friendly. I mean, it, it, well thought out character. I mean, I, I mean, there was where it was, it was more than just a simple, you know, you, you you do something with the figure and he does this or he does that, whereas this reveals a big surprise, like a hidden, you know, it, uh, you, you arguably say he's one of the most, if not most creative characters that was done for him. Not, he not, could be kind of like,
2: he could be in a way almost like a, only one click way of being a Masters of the Universe nesting doll. You know how the ones that pop, 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 yeah. pop, pop, you only had one of them. Yeah, you're right. It was it was like a bonus. He almost felt like two figures in one. And, I, I mean, I always wished we were going to get him in filmation. You know, it sucks it didn't happen because I wonder how they would have did it. You know, because you think about a lot of the stories. They never really – did they? Now, I know you would know more than me. Did they play upon the friendly to evil guy gimmick in much of anything except that card back? Because I just thought that would have always been a cool little thing to do, at least for a one shot.
1: I think in the the Snakes Alive Star comic, I think when he approaches the Heroic Warriors, which uh, there's this, I've mentioned it before in an earlier podcast, but there's this beautiful splash page where he approaches Rio Blast. And I, I forget what the confrontation is, but he's pretty much kind of, you know, got a hold of Rio Blast, And Rioblast, I think, grabs a hold of his arms, and then he just reveals himself in this beautiful splash page. I um, mean, the snakes, and Rio Blast is holding on to these two snakes in his hands. He's on his knees like, oh, dear God, what the hell, you know, who, what the hell is this guy?
2: It's freaky, yeah, but because I, yeah, I, cause I, it I, can only I, work for one time, you know? I mean, that's the thing. That gimmick, I guess, can only yeah, work gimmick,
1: because yeah, then everybody knows. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, yeah, I think as a kid, unless you're just going to create brand new stories for yourself as a child, so, okay, I'm going to reboot this story here, and we're going to start all over again.
2: You know, I'm which could have made one thing interesting. interesting. It's like, you know how, like, snakes shed their skin. You know, like, if that is kind of like one of his gimmicks, it would have been cool if, hypothetically, in stories, you got used to seeing one, maybe he then was able to make different skins to appear to be a good guy or to be a spy and then to shed into his nasty king his form. So,
1: because- so no, I, I, I like the idea of him, he, he, he keeps the human form, you know, it's just is this, this kind of uh, outfit that he wears because... It's like building up the tension if you're if you if you were to watch it play out in, you know, a, a movie or a cartoon, you know what's underneath that body. Sure. Especially if you hear stories of it and you, you think someone's gonna meet their demise of king hiss, but he's gonna reveal his snakes first and, and more than likely eat you. It's a sure. it's a great build up to it, you know, because you know what's coming. This guy's gonna get eaten alive because this guy's a nest of snakes underneath human skin and
2: Oh, I could see, sure, that's what I mean, sure, it could work for like his, let him have his main one, but I thought if they were to try to play on him, you know, if he ever wanted to infiltrate as something else, it could have been cool if there could have been alternate, maybe in the stories, just different skins he wears. You know, snakes can wear many skins, possibly, that he could keep shedding. That Just interesting Uh, way of making
1: See, I I just, I have, even though I understand tying into the whole, you know, snake thing of shedding skin, but I I just kind of feel like I can't see him wearing any of the different skins other than his dominant form.
2: Could you he picture him impostering He-Man one time to act like he was He-Man but underneath
1: thing and then he sh- That's what Faker is for. Oh, you don't
0: have to. the
1: Ah, Faker is. He, say, he doesn't need to because that's, that's, I mean, unless he is being introduced to, you know, a an entirely new group of people who are not even aware of King is. I mean, because, like, story-wise – he was during the times of pre attorney, was was locked in the void beneath Snake Mountain, as they show in the mini comic, as unleashed. So there's a lot of people who are not even familiar with King. Hitton. Oh, sure, for the ones so not that not familiar, yeah. That's the part where he, you could really play up the fact before, you know, he starts going around to random villages or or small oh, towns yeah. and stuff for like
2: unknowns. That. that makes perfect sense. Okay,
1: yeah, he up, you know, is this very friendly guy and
2: yeah.
1: Um, I, and that's why I'm like, that's where I want that. I don't want him changing skins. I don't want him, you know, anything more. Like, it's strictly a disguise that he can remove at any time. And the 2006 cartoon did a pretty good job of, of going from back and forth between the skin and the snakes underneath. That is pretty much instantaneously. Um, but uh, but it's just, it's such a great gimmick. Yes. I mean, it really is. This this leader, this this king. Is 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 I mean, he's not like he's walking around in snakes all the time. It's like he prefers to be, you know, like when you see him in, I I think it's King of the Snake Men, where he's sitting on his throne with the infamous, you know, slave girl at his, you know, he's in his human form. You know, so it's like this is what he wears, you know, pretty much to be king or to converse or possibly even going. I mean, the powers of Gracchio, mankind. You don't see a snake form one time. He is the he is his outer body the entire time when he meets Skeletor, when he goes in the battle on the T Rex, he's wearing his outer skin. So it, it's like his most dominant form. It's like the snakes underneath are like a means of submission. Or in 2000 X, he's going to eat like that's how he eats. I can see that he reveals himself like that to you know uh, you know eat people alive. So it's you can give meaning behind that. But I think it's interesting that. 2006 is the same thing, too, where he is walking around in his outer form, his hu- more human form, the, pretty much the, all the time. You know, yeah, it's, sure. just, it's just it's like, like when the snake... They for a very specific purpose. Like It almost, it's like a fear tactic.
2: Yeah, basically, and it's basically, it's the ending call if you will like if you see that come out you know okay now things just really got serious when he yep. turns and shows the snake forms I mean like as depicted in what dirt was popping up there showing that Earl Norm I mean my god that that's always a favorite poster of mine a, a depiction of King Hiss all that just his nasty face the snakes I just I love that poster that's one of my favorites I mean Earl Norm I mean he everything he did was fantastic he, he
1: made everybody look good if there's a character that, that nobody if you if people want to say there are slam smell well <laughs> Earl Norman could change your mind on Snout Spout, and so could you know several other great artists. But he he really emphasizes the the level of evil in King Hiss in, the, in that poster. I mean the you could just I mean it just and King Hiss to me always felt like he was heavily inspired by watching Thulsa Doom and Conan the Barbarian when it came out in eighty two. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know I mean I once I, I saw Conan. I think it was in fifth grade I think when I when when I, I finally saw it. Um. I, I just felt like it was King S was clearly inspired by James Earl Jones. You know the the this uh, snake clan that had been pretty much extinct, and he's like the last remaining member, and he's got two followers, Fulcrum and uh, and Thulcrum, I think it's Thulcrum, and Rexor, like tongue lash and Ratlore. So it just felt like there was such a, such a, a connection between these villains and the ones that were in Conan the barbarian. I felt like that's where they got this human form that turned into one. You know a snake, or in this case, a lots of snakes. And it just, oh, God. I, 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 I think they missed the
2: boat. This character think has that.
1: to be broken Wait. down in so many parts to be to, to sure. be fully discussed because he, he's he's such such an intriguing character. And I, I often feel like a lot of times, and, and Snake Man fans probably feel the same way, that, that King Hiss and the Snake Man probably get shortchanged a lot because well, there, know, there, the there is is there. they're the
2: ones that were blamed i've heard that so many times fans saying that the snake men are the reason masters of the universe fell apart when they came out that's when the toy sales dropped and and then you know well, when they were appeared in myp then again it fell apart they always want to curse the snake that, that
1: they are a matter of, of coincidence because i mean it on, is. Honest, yes. I, honestly i just no i i i would i've never ever associated um them with being the, the big downfall, well, of either line for that matter, because I, I just, He-Man was so strong for from 82, 83, 84, 85. That's four solid years. And then, you know, 86, you know, the real Ghostbusters come out, Thundercats was on the scene. it just things changed, That's right. So much G.I. Joe was still, it's, it's not, it's hard, it's hard to pinpoint, but just for some reason, boys just stopped playing with them drastically. And, you know, went too long after that, Turtles came out, you know, Nintendo, you know, was on the scene. So it's, yeah. I, I just feel like, they're victims of circumstance because yeah. the '86 wave, which gave us a statement, we had Rio Blast, Snout Spout, Drag Store, Multibot, uh, Rio Blast, uh, you know, the, we, the Slime Pit, Eternia came out in 86. So, if people want to sit and say that the Snake Men, of all the stuff that was released that year, are to blame, they're really not thinking things very clearly, and if you want to blame the state man for MYP, they were, you know, they weren't done by the horseman; they were done by another party, and they looked awful. You know, yeah, Why done. King Hiss, Rat, right, right, you know, I'm calling him Rattler. The hell with you know the general. Yeah, you know, he's not selling insurance. You know, uh, or or uh, people in the states know what I'm talking about when I say that. Right. Uh, or, or Cobra Khan, you know, it was it was. They they weren't you couldn't find them here in the states. I had to order those special order those. I think from a special. You know where I got
2: mine? Do you know where I got mine at? Kmart, Aldi's. This was the most bizarre story, and I loved it. I loved that this happened. I remembered. uh, It was God. I can't remember. They talked about people were saying, "Did you see the ad for Aldi's? Look at the ad for Aldi's." And that Sunday, I happened to get my paper and looked, and in the Aldi's ad it showed Master's Universe. It showed the Snake Man. I was like, what? I was like, this can't be possible. So sure as crap, Monday, I made sure to, uh, to check Aldi's to see if it was there. And sure enough, they had all of them. They had every one of the Snake Men. So for some reason, Aldi's got them. I don't know if any of the stores in the States did, but Aldi's had all the Snake Man and some of the repaints and how you got the repaint of uh, Triclops. And uh, I can't remember. That... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there was a couple of repaints, but that's where it popped up. But you're right. They're just victims of circumstance, which always... I like bringing up this thing, and I'm not saying I'm right, but it's just a coincidence that since the Snake Men were never really featured, and I'm not going to talk about uh, rat lore and I'm not going to talk about Tongue Lasher. I mean... You know, Squeeze and Snake Face. You know, the, the rest of them. They were never really featured in the cartoon for Filmation. We never got King Hiss. And sometimes our impressions. A lot of people.
1: You, I, you do realize when you said that, that when you said Rattler and Tongue Lash were not featured. You you are you.
2: I, I meant. I said they were featured, but I I I'm talking about the others. I said we. You know, like I know they were in there, but we didn't get Snake Face. We didn't get Squeeze.
1: Okay, I just want to make sure because when you say it's starting to sound like you said, oh, none of them were featured. I'm like, oh, Joe. No, I no.
2: You know how me, I, I start rambling my th- thoughts real quick. Okay, because we together. don't so want
1: we... people calling you a hack and saying, uh, uh, Joe, I read it. Did you not know no, no, that no, the, no. the Shuba cartoon is Tom Glad? Yeah, like
2: said, we have those, those two. And, and like I said, I don't count Cobra Khan. But, you know, and we didn't get no, King so didn't Hiss.
1: A snake. No.
2: Yeah, and, and we didn't get King Hiss. And I know that sometimes there's a lot of fans that I've encountered to where their main experience of knowing all these characters came from. Uh, well, the cartoon. So I always wondered if King Hiss and, you know, Snake Face and Squeeze and all the rest of them, if they were in the cartoon, maybe would people respect the Snake Men more? I don't know. It's just a theory. I'm not saying I'm well, right. But people
1: I just... like the Snake Men. There's a lot of fans for them. But I, I just always feel like, you know, Skeletor for obvious reasons, since he was the first batty and is definitely heavily remembered by people who just, if you mention He-Man to them, oh yeah, Skeletor, the guy with the, the skull face, and this and that. They're not going to remember King Hiss. He-Man fans know who King Hiss is, but I, it just always feels like the the uh, appreciation, or maybe it's just not heavily, you know, made public so much, but you kind of feel like, you know, they don't make King Hiss merchandise. They don't make King Hiss, you know.
2: It's Skeletor, He-Man, Hordak, and Sheever. Those are the ones you're making. Those are
1: the four, and, you know, it, it really isn't fair, you know, to not include King Hiss because, you know, I'm sure if you were to hold any of the Snake Men toys up to a, a child that was in the 80s that you know, is, is far removed from anything in the toy community, the He Man fan community, he'd recognize one of them. One, one, one of those Snake Men he would rec- recognize. He may not remember their name, but you just kind of, and that it just. Kind of makes you feel like, you know, King Hiss needs to be included in all these promotional things you're doing. Instead of using these generic, badly colored filmation stock, It you know, merchandise stuff where they have He-Man with very light hair and, and almost pale skin instead of the, the tan and bright orange hair. Right. You know, which pisses me off. It's like, well, how can you guys screw up filmation? But people do. And why King Hiss is not utilized more in, you know, Merchandising, or you know, uh, I mean, not that they do a whole lot of merchandising for He Man, but at least currently, and most of it's not too good. You know, it probably if they did like a King His t shirt, it'd probably say something like, you know, come at me, broke, or you know, who's your daddy, or, or something, you know, who's your king, you know, or just something just like, oh my gosh, it's just like a, a, whoever came up with that slogan, make sure he's fired. That's you know, It
2: was good with the classics, at least, with the figures. You know, we got a couple versions of them because, you know, we finally got to get, you know, more snakes. People always were saying, man, I wish there was more snakes. So you got those couple different things of them, which was nice to see. So it shows there is interesting King Hiss. It's just, there uh,
1: is interesting I, but I just felt like, you know, there's if for some reason, you know, uh, people who, who've got merchandising rights wanted to release, you know, a King Hiss poster, like a big, nice poster of King Hiss, in front of snake mountain or kind of morphing from the human form to the the busted snakes or, or something like that i know people would be very you know excited for something like that or a king hiss lunchbox, you know or, or just, I mean, something as simple as that you know hey
2: picture hey picture the thing that you know we got a he-man we got a skeletor and we got a she toothbrush holder how cool would it have been with King hiss you know with maybe the snake form holding like two toothbrushes or something else you know that that would have been kind of cool. I love yeah. merchandise gimmick stuff that would have been kind of some you know fun stuff to see
1: and it it it's um I almost feel like too if you look back at a lot of the merchandising even during the eighties i mean i i I certainly don't remember a whole lot in regards to snake, man, I've looked at a lot of merchandise, you know, for over the years on the internet, you know, looking up Just
2: international fans got the good stuff in the U S we
1: God, we didn't get nothing. Yeah. They, they've gotten a lot more, but I, I don't recall a whole lot of, and, and don't get me wrong. I know there were, they had released some King hiss related stuff, not a whole lot, not to the extent of He-Man, Skeletor and, and Hordak. Right. Right. But you, you and I, I know they made like the, the King hiss, you know, Halloween costume. Um, from the uh, the company that did like horde. Oh, the Ben, ben all.
2: Cooper stuff. Which we looked nothing yes, 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 like ben, King Hiss. He, he looked like a green yeah. lizard. I was like, what is this? It didn't even look
1: yeah, like Yeah, so here. I mean there there was some, but I, I think people get it when I when I say that King Hiss is not utilized as much. Which was which was great when NYP came out and they decided to make them the 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 he, the heaviest villain of of that as opposed to Skeletor and unfortunately, as I said before, we're, we're built up like a great wrestling hill, and, and then you got, you know, Zodak and everybody come in and pull a John Cena and just bury the Snake Men in the second episode, and they're like, okay, the threat of the Snake Men. You know, is is about as threatening as a melting ice cube.
2: Especially if they're showing the dominance, because I couldn't tell you how excited I was when they finally showed the snake man. Because I always wanted them in the filmation, we never got it. But when NYP came and we finally got to see them, I mean, I was freaking out to finally see, like I said, everybody I wanted to, especially like what. One- the one character I never really hear many people, talk, you know, people talk about is Snake Face. And he was always my yeah. favorite. I mean, besides loving using that squeeze toy, I just love doing that snake face gimmick and picture turning people to stone. So when he got to show that he was just dominating, popping and popping and turned merman to stone and everybody I was like, I just loved it. I loved seeing it. And I loved seeing King His finally. Like you said, when he shed his skin and just looked so wicked. And then the things you, you know, you find out that he did in the past, you know, of eating Zodak's brother. Wasn't it Zodak's brother he ate?
1: Yeah, Zlar, but yeah, seeing it silhouette. But I, 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 I just really looking back at it, like it, I didn't, because I it was all fresh to me, and it didn't bother me as much. It bothered me that Zodak was, you know, being the 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 more heavy hitter in this. I'm like, I don't want to see Zodak have this much of a part in this story, at least on a personal standpoint. And plus, it just come off like he's not as mystical as you're expecting. The character of Zodak to be. He's just like this mystic enforcer, so to speak, you know, not someone who watches from, you know, the cosmos as a cosmic like.
2: enforcer. Now he's a mystic enforcer. He had a different role. Yeah, and
1: I, but I just, it was not, it was the role that I just, I did not like. And then to really, you know, John Cena him out, where he comes in, and just beats, beats King Hiss right there on the spot within, I mean, within a very short fight. And it's all, and he picks him up and throws him down into the abyss of Gray Skull. <laughs> And I mean, when I when you watch the first part of Rise of the Snake man, you think, "Oh my gosh, Dean Stefan!" And they they have they have hyped up the 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 the, the, the first time the entire Snake Men. And I, I was worried that they weren't going to show Squeeze and Snakeface because I almost felt like it was a long shot to include because Squeeze is my favorite Snake Man.
0: Yeah, and it was it. like a long
1: shot to include them, and uh. when they all come out of the void. And then they come in, the episode wraps up, and King Hiss and the Saint men just beat Skeletor into the ground. All the evil warriors are turned to stone. He's swallowed alive by this stone snake that you know that comes out of the ground. And you just like, oh, my God. So we have just witnessed the, the greatest introduction to a character that really needed it. And it was – you just – your eyes were just – they popped out of your head like Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And then you see that second episode, and they are quickly defeated and dismissed. And are sitting into hiding, and this is like I don't care what you do at this point. They're no longer a threat at all. And it was just I was so mad. I I, mean, I was freaking. Me and my brother freaked out watching that first part. We're like this is so awesome, so dominant. I can't believe how badass King is and Squeeze and Snake Face and Tongue Lash and Rattler and Cobra. This is awesome, and, and the Merman's dead. <clears throat> Losing my breath here, and it was just it's like this is the greatest thing ever, and then he comes in and John Cena's music's cute and Zodak comes in and just throws him down in the abyss. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, I felt like, what the hell are they doing? And they, they, they couldn't redeem themselves after that. There were some good moments King has had, you know, and uh, throughout the wrestling line, not a whole lot of super memorable ones. A rattle of the snake comes to mind because you, you seen eat eight calagar alive, uh, which was very, very, very cool. I liked his face off with He-Man that I like I was gonna
2: say that I did like the encounter with He-Man where he said you are
1: no King Grayskull. Skull. I mean I thought it was yeah. really cool. I did like their encounter. I like that he turns back to human and then kind of cocks his head and says, You know, I knew King Grayskull, I fought him and you are no it's just his demeanor towards He-Man. Like it was just it was very cocky and condescending and it, it, it it's I mean, everybody's smacking each other. That's a prime episode where I had a problem with the way they're animating the fights where if you punch somebody You know, Teela's been sent down multiple levels because she showed how useless she is in in that episode. We always get a Teela drop. You know, people are smacking each other around. They're going oh way over there, and they're going way over there. I mean, I know the statement about Ambrosia in their body. Okay, I'll give you that. But it just felt like, dude, not everybody is as strong as He Man in this. And but it just, it just seems so. I'm getting, I'm getting off topic here. Point being is that King has overall, even though he was not getting a whole lot of great, uh, in my opinion, I know a lot of statement fans probably think every episode he was in was fantastic, and that's awesome, because I, I'm, I'm glad for you that, that that you can enjoy it to that extent. I just felt like you could, do, with such an introduction, you could have done so much more. And that, that's what worries me, that had we gotten season three, that the Horde would have been probably given the same treatment, that as great as they looked in the Power of Grayskull episode, I mean, they're quickly—Mantana, de- the Grizzle and Leech are quickly defeated by King Grayskull.
2: You like saying that, too, you don't
1: know. you? And they like, okay, well, obviously, Hordax, you know, legions are not much of a threat. You know, it's—you know, but it was just for but That's, it just makes me think that—
2: A build-up sometimes is a, a lot better, even though I can see where sometimes where they're coming from, where they, like, right from the start getting off to where they show how dominant like if they they, were,
1: But it was a, a build-up would be deal. better. yeah. Once yeah, no, uh, This is the, when they when they say from the beginning the snake men are going to be the prime villain of season two. You're thinking there's going to be, you know, a consistency of like a legitimate threat story wise, and it's not right. A, and it's then and a the big
2: climax of a battle. Yeah, but to have it start and then just kind of wane down like that. You're right. It's like there was all this anticipation, climax, and then boom. So you're right, there's ways that you think they should redo it, and, and exactly, if the Horde came, I would have hoped they wouldn't have did that to the Horde.
1: I mean, they said that the Horde were going to be in take over, and that He-Man and the Heroic Warriors were going to be like, you know, renegades, you know, on the run, because the Horde have come up, come in, and taken, you know, main control of, of Eternia. But they can say that, and whether they actually execute it the way it should be with that kind of idea is, is left to be seen, and I, I just felt like there there was no um I mean I, it just felt like they they would not have the horde's best interest of in building them up is whereas like in, in She-Ra they're in charge even though She-Ra wins every episode you know you you start the next episode with the horde are still in charge because they're still collecting taxes, they're still burning villages and stuff like that, even though the the, the show Always is good triumphs, you know, because this is a cartoon for girls and boys. But it, it's you—you you still have that in the background, because as a kid, I, it never picked up on me that the, that the Horde were
0: in charge.
1: No, no,
2: I just like don't, it's, story-wise, it's like they're that. supposed to be, yeah. But you never got the impression, and almost, i mean, there were some episodes, sure, but as you're watching, it's like you never really got that impression. There's all these celebrations. There's all no,
1: songs, yeah. And, 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 and I didn't see Secret of the Sword till I was in high school, so I only saw episodes. Where they say, you know, the next horde tax collector. I'm like, no, this is it's all I'm like this is foreign language. Saying, what's taxes? What's a tax collector? I don't know what that is. I just know that she or will defeat Hordeck at the end of this episode. Yeah, and you know, with something like this, where clearly they are aware that these you know young adult and fully adult He-Man fans are watching this and trying to attract kids, you know it. It wouldn't be the first time that, that a cartoon series was building up multiple parts. I mean, you think about the X-Men series from the nineties where they had the Phoenix saga going for, I think, four or five parts with the Phoenix saga. Then you had the Dark Phoenix saga. And you had, you know, uh you know, several uh two-part episodes, I think, with um uh uh, uh sanctuary and just various things where you could still do multi-part episodes with the you know, a a villain that's has not been defeated for three to four episodes—that's what you wanted to see with the Snake Man. Something that goes on for a while it makes it sound like these the, these guys are the real deal. That that he man will triumph, but to have them defeated so quickly like that is like the Horde were going to be the next the, the next victim of that. And I, I well, just, I can
2: only hope. You know, me with my optimist, you know, wishful thinking that if a new well, they, they yep. look, the Horde looks so good in it too. Yeah, and I, and well, I, in a new cartoon, like, like I said, if they ever made a new cartoon, which I hope yeah, they would. We're, we're, I hope that there would be at least we'd get the snake man and the horde, because that's what sucks. You think we look back at filmation, we got just the horde, we didn't get the snake man. Then we come to MYP, we got the snake man, we got a taste of the horde, but it didn't happen. I'm just hoping that a perfect cartoon could happen a perfect you know, perfect combination and we could finally get both of them to actually show up before the freaking cartoon gets cancelled. I mean, will it happen? No. Would it be nice if it happened? Yes.
1: I mean, but that—that's something that I felt like if, because nowadays, I mean, cartoon orders they, they seem so short. It's like you know, a, a company will order, give us an order of twelve episodes for our first season, and for a first season of He-Man, you know, they, we would probably just get treated to, you know, we'd be lucky enough if like someone like Jitsu and Spike or and Buzz Off were to show up in a brand new series and and not be focused so much on you know, the same four good guys, the same four bad guys fighting over Castle of Grace or where fans are treated to characters that are not used as frequently. And to be able to introduce the Snakeman and the Horde before the show wraps up, you'd like to, because Horde fans are going to want to see them treated with dignity and respect. Same thing with statement fans. You don't want to see them thrown in one episode. Okay, well, you got your statement fixed. Okay, we're going to go back to, you know, Skeletor's you know, villain of the day kind of thing. Sure. I mean, it's it's going to be really, really hard. I mean, it would have to be a cartoon that's marketed properly, that's not changing the time slots that Cartoon Network did all the time when they didn't do a great job of, of promoting those changes. And and takes the source material serious, it's not trying to be cute and funny and, and, and kill momentum with bad jokes. And sure. Like I said, it'd be
2: hard. It would just it would be nice because then finally, like you said, everybody good. would get something they if you wanted.
1: You know. You all three of these factions... Because I'd like to see the Horde establish a base on Eternia, and that would be the toy version of the Fright Zone. That they still have their their factory, you know, uh, headquarters on Ethereum. Yeah, we could see times you know, where they could all base.
2: plot with each other. That maybe Hordak would want to team up with King Hiss one time and then one time Skeletor with somebody else. Like you said, it can make interesting to have all the villains on the planet from kind yeah, of the get- mean,
1: up. Hordak would have to be there, but if the Horde are going to do something on Eternia they made it at, at the toy that where you got the beast monster, the tree, and the, the rock trap, and the prison. Sure. Like, okay, this episode, Hordak has decided he's going to meet King Hiss at his base of operations on Eternity, not on Etheria. Yeah.
2: Because that's how they so, did it in some of the books, right? Where the base on Eternity, it was, like you said, the Fright Zone. Well, that yeah, we well, it was well the for
1: toy. the toy Line, the, the Horde, I mean, you know, they, they would travel to Etheria, you know, like in the Horde at Minicoming. They're on Etheria, but they're using the Fright Zone playset. So I... I, I just felt like, you know, to you, because people, that Fright Zone is so iconic from Filmation. Like, you know, He Man and She Ra fans, fans of the Horde in general, love that Fright Zone. I love both of them. I love the toy playset. It would just be cool, like, make use of. Oh, or, you know, if you want to keep them on the same planet, because you kind of to throw around the idea that Horak is traveling through corridors between, you know, complete different galaxies, just like, like this, at the snap of a finger. You like to think that time travel is not so, or not time travel. Gateway travel is not so easy to do. You like to think of it as this, you know, ordeal. Like, you know, because information anytime he man would travel to Troll, or travel to this place, travel to that place, it's always the warning. You have until moonrise to you know get back to the portal here, or something like that. So it, it would be cool if they find some way of, or, or, or better this, have the snake men, you know, and when they when they arise, they they take. Base in Saint Mountain with Skelter because I've always liked the idea of these two working together, but they're, they're they can't wait to stab each other in the back. Like, you know, that like at the uh, it's at the yeah, King of the Snake Man mini comic prime example right there. When King, King is shows up, not only I mean, Skelter sends a spy in Cobra Khan to work with the Snake Man to be his 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 you know, eyes and ears inside the singing, so he knows exactly what they're doing. And they they shake hands and make a deal, they'll work together, and then when the attorney is all theirs. They'll kill each other, you know. That's that's what I want to see, and and you know, and have maybe Modulock set up base on Eter- on Eternia, and can maybe converse with Horak to and set up, you know, dimensional portals that would bring Horak come through this time, or Grizzlers come this time, or you got you got Dylimog and, and Scorpion come through this time. Or, there's so many things you Man, we're really good. I'm really random. Yeah, we're
2: way off track, but that's okay. But either way, if a new cartoon happened, like I said, it'd be fantastic. Hopefully, yes. and they could do stuff that we'd want to see. Will it happen? I don't know. But that's basically, like you said, everything that we've said about King Hiss. There could be other little cannons from other countries and stuff, maybe for another episode. But... And he's got
1: a great many comic appearances too. Every many comic that he was in, from Revenge of the Snake Men to the Powers of Gray Skull to King of the Snake Men, Snake Attack. I mean, they're all great uh, stories. Uh, Even the um, UK
2: utilized him really well in the UK comic magazines. He was utilized a lot. So uh, you know, there's plenty of. uh,
1: There's plenty of. But just makes you feel like there's there's more. There's there's so much more that could be done with. Um, But I I don't want their history explained. Like, I think what we got in the mini comic was more than enough, and I don't want anything more than that. I like a lot of what they are kept in secret. I don't want to know about King Hiss, you know, his past or anything like that. He's really a tragic lover, you know, that his, his woman was taken away from him. So he turns against... The, the, the priesthood and, and that some
2: people it. like a bio background some people hate it and just want to rather like said get to it I mean you're right there's just well, don't
1: humanize figures. the villains because they're not villains they're tragic figures and we don't do it
2: to every yeah they figures. do it to everybody unfortunately I know it's
1: God. the current current thing you can't have a villain in movies anymore you know he's going to be a tragic figure we got to feel sorry for him
2: yeah sometimes like so, I said I like I somebody I being just to feel evil. Sorry
1: for a guy who eats people alive. Yeah, like I said, sometimes
2: just let somebody be evil, period. But, And that's well, what
1: villains are. They are evil to be evil. There is no, Keldor was, you know, because he has blue skin and he can't be king. Nonsense yeah. like that.
2: Some of that just got a little too ridiculous.
1: But like yeah, I said, we always king Hiss, king Hiss, I'm sorry, go, ahead, go ahead. I was going to get my closing thought. Go ahead, Joe.
2: No, I was going to say, if there's always more to revisit on King Hiss, we can. But I didn't know if you wanted to transition to our last topic or
1: what you know we we've done two parts to characters already so if people enjoyed this one and want us to um you know dig deeper into certain aspects or stories of king hiss let us know because you know that's what's so good about what we do is that we can go back and revisit characters and episodes and many comics look at it from different perspectives and or i mean just like we did previous episode with faker i mean we we were talking talking to joe about he can you know, concerning faker like what what could be done with the character you know what what uh missed opportunities yeah, or
2: yeah exactly things can always be revisited in different ways and looking at it from a different you know perspective but before we hit the last topic i just want to make sure dirt did, did you have anything to say or not i just want to make sure because i seen that it went from your normal avatar to the fans of power flipping around just want to make sure if he jumps in yes if he doesn't jump in then no no no, there you go. All right, just like that. No, all right. So T Rex. Now we're gonna hit our final topic. You go ahead, tell fans what to do.
1: All right. I'm. Um, uh, what we're doing here, because we did not uh, let anyone know about this. This will be, you know, kind of spur them, well spur a bunch of the people who are catching this uh, as we as we're doing recording this live. We're gonna be doing a commentary for one of the most beloved episodes of the He Man series in Prince Adam No More, and. uh I was I was one of our, our fans suggested that I initially wanted to do that for Father's Day. Um, I didn't bring it up to Joe because we had some topics set in stone, and um, I thought it would be a great way to tie in for Father's Day. But you know what? I mean, we, we I know we get to it at some point, and we'll just tie it into last week's episode. So um, the gentleman on YouTube who uh, said he wanted to see it, I, I I'm I'm sorry, but if I forgot forgot your name. But I know that you mentioned it and Joe acknowledged it. And uh, so we, we, we hold you, uh, we give you credit for saying you wanted to see it. I wanted to do it. You know, we, we plan to get to all the episodes, but this is a um, definitely a, a top five episode because it, it's an episode I didn't appreciate a whole lot as a kid. I remember when I rented it, thinking, hoping that Too Bad was going to be in it or Fisto. It, w- it was a tape I had never seen before at a, a, one of my regular video stores. Oh my gosh, I could have probably seen Too Bad or Fisto in an episode for the first time, finally. And it was it was a okay episode as a kid. I'm like, oh, it's not bad. That's, that's, that's kind of cool. But it did not, because I was so hoping to see characters I hadn't seen before. So it was kind of missed opportunities. And I got a little bit older and really realized just how awesome this episode is. And it's a perfect example of, you know, and it just gets better with age. I just appreciate it.
2: Right, well, tell, tell fans how to click it on when we're getting ready to do this right here.
1: All right. I'm 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 watching my DVD. Uh, Joe is watching an illegal bootleg that he got <laughs> from some, some, some peddler in the back alley, kind of similar to the, the one that sold uh, the Chucky doll to Andy's mom in the first Child's Play.
2: I'm watching this on YouTube and unfortunately there might be a couple times where it's going to do these auto ads that I'll have to click off for five seconds. So there'll be a little delay with me and T-Rex. But otherwise- Actually,
0: actually, Joe, um, I threw a link in the chat. Someone called the free channel network uploaded Prince Adam no more full episode with no ads.
2: Oh, okay. And that's uh, you said you put that in the, uh, the live chat or where'd you put that at?
0: Yeah, I put that in the chat.
2: Okay, hold on a second. All episode. All right, Hold on a second. I just want to... Wait, let me wait for this quick ad to get off. There's an ad right now. but uh, Okay, let me go to the beginning. All right, cool. Okay, thanks. Well, thank you for that, and I appreciate it. And who did you say did that? You or a fan that's in the chat room?
0: No, I did I posted it in the chat so everybody else could follow if they want to open it in what? a new window.
2: All right, so, well, as T-Rex said, when he says three, we we'll hit play, and it'll start right off where it goes, and does the logo. So that's how we're going to time this. So go ahead, you cue one to do it, and we'll kick this thing on.
1: All right, everybody, I hope you're all set and ready. And for people, just uh, like I said, I'm going to count down from 3 and hit play. So when I say hit play on whatever device, just uh, that the formation credits will start rolling. So 3... Two, one, play. And there we go. Bing! All right, perfect.
2: Yep, now this, yeah, this one will be uh, fun to discuss. I'm not going to nitpick yeah. like I always do in every other episode. I swear it won't happen this time. There's there's nothing that I could possibly nitpick or ask questions of that will come up later in this episode. Well, You'll
1: feel the full wrath of T-Rex if you do, because this is a masterpiece episode. If, if there was a... Yep. You know, not a personal favorite, even though it is a personal favorite. This is an episode that, if you're going to, you know, try and convince some some idiot who's like, My information is stupid or something like that, this is an episode that has to be shown to say, No, no, no. You don't find a story to this kind of quality in MYP or, or any other, you know, mean, It's just a, we have Paul Dean to thank, you know, we have Paul Dean to thank for a lot of things for the He Man show that, you know, he, provided in the canon here but it's a um i mean and we've mentioned this episode before too with it being beast man's most prominent episode with him being the villain of the episode and being successful in, in capturing king randor on the first attempt and but it's it, it, it's fun it's it, you know to open it up and you see the 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 camaraderie between the evil warriors as beast man is being denounced by skeletor you see merman and triclops are like, dude, what's Skeletor's problem? Why is Beastman, you know, being harassed and kicked out of St. Mountain? Like, it's just, it's interesting to see the, 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 how, how the Evil Warriors react to this kind of stuff because you just don't see it a whole lot. I mean, it's great. out The whole council table's all filled up. I love yeah. shots like
2: that. Oh, yeah. And as you'll see, I mean, again, Beastman has to be the target of Skeletor's unfortunate rage. He's the victim of this just because Skeletor is, what, in a mood? So Beast Man's the one. Yeah,
1: it just yeah, and it's it kind of makes you feel like you know. Well, Triclop says that he's tired of too many defeats from He Man, and obviously this is a recent defeat, possibly, and and uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, because Skeletor denounces all his evil wars, but they uh, but p- between all of them, Beastman seems to be the the main source of, of Skeletor's fury. That if he's going to go off on somebody, Beast Man's the, bot- the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. Even Beast Man, she has been with him the longest.
2: Exactly. Takes his whip there for a moment. It's just, I, I did. I always felt so bad. I was like, God, if there's the one person that's always trying to serve Skeletor and please Skeletor, you think it's beast, man. And he's the one that just, again, gets dismissed, gets kicked out of, you know, he gets a seat taken away right there. He destroys it. Well, beast, man, he, he's, he's going to show like he says, he's,
1: it's he's- good. It, it's good that you, that you do see him succeed, and that he is. I mean, because you you see this in other episodes where he makes comments like saying, "Someday you won't, you know, you know order me around anymore." Just that you know that mentality that he's going to, you know, backstab Skelder at some point, but is ultimately loyal at the same time. So,
0: yeah,
1: um, it's it's such a great uh, character um, story between Beastman and Scylla, Skelet- and and the Evil Warriors for that matter too. And, yep. uh, oh, look, there's oh, there's, there's
2: hundred attack tracks. There's oh, all battle
1: right there uh,
2: oh, I, cool. you know, the, the one thing that kind of drove me nuts, I didn't mind a lot of Battle Rams, but I always did remember seeing, I was like, you know, I always thought the Attack Track, you know, he's always that special, I thought, you know, just one Attack yeah. Track, you know, it's like, eh, I kind of didn't get the vibe of seeing multiple Attack Tracks, but, you know, hey, I mean, it's just cool for, I guess, you know, background art.
1: Well, Sky Sleds, I always figured, I always pictured there being, you know, multiples of those, yeah, but yeah. like Battle Ram and the Attack Track, you, you just always assume it's just the one.
2: Right, right. I didn't like the multiple ones, especially like I said, focusing on this, and you're seeing a ton of them in the background. And here goes Orko doing his little buffooned routine, and not to be nitpicky, but I know once he got trapped in there, I was like, Orko is a magician. Why doesn't he just, you know, float right out of there, teleport out of there? He's magic. But well, whatever. He got trapped. So well, I'm not. Thinking
1: the, on that. Joe obviously doesn't know how storytelling is done.
2: But I'm not picking. I was not picking on that. But I did think you could just teleport out of there. And he didn't. But, oh, it's... Okay, here's another thing on the attack track. As a kid, I remember it drove me nuts. Like I said, I I love the attack track. But watching the part where it's coming at the screen, which you'll see in a couple minutes... And from sideways, I always, you know, and, and like the toy. I mean, the way that diagonal like-
1: angle it shot, Orca's silhouette kind of hides down on the sea because he no, doesn't.
2: Not that it's it's the actual treads. Because as for the toy, it has to be in unison to make yeah. it go forward properly. That part. Uh, I, I, where I fall-
1: fall- yeah. Yeah, you know, what
2: I mean, I didn't like the flopping of the left, right, left, right of the, the so tread. That,
1: that happened so quick, and, and only you would find only, you know, some sort of flaw. <laughs> but right? as a kid, I mean. all this a a episode?
2: I did, but I hated it as a kid, and I still hate. I'm like, well, if it's gonna go flopping in different modes, it, it'd be all crooked. It can't go straight. So, but that's fine, is when it's doing. It. So yeah, Joe had his attack track nitpick
1: out of everything. It in the still work of- though, as long as the wheels are all going in the same motion. Of course, it could still work.
2: because uh, then he'll want to go this way, then nah, I want to go that way, so it would just flop over. So there, that, that's that's Joe's yeah, problem. Joe,
1: did- master of physics.
2: <laughs> the master of Physics. Well, I look at the toy. It couldn't have worked as a toy. The thing would have. Went...
1: Well, I like this version better anyway.
2: I did, Well, uh, I always did like this. I thought it'd been cool to get this. Yeah, attack this attack track was way.
1: much better. Than I thought.
2: Joe Amaro, by the way, Joe Amaro made an amazing custom attack track that looked like filmation. It was fantastic. So, just yeah, that,
1: that that that's something. Uh, I mean, to, to have a, a big kind of uh um what what's the I mean the the extra space where you can haul like you know multiple characters.
0: What is it, also
2: accomplishing. What, what did Oracle accomplish? What was Oracle accomplishing with that hammer? I mean, never mind. What are you going to do with, with a tread and popping how he's doing at that angle? What?
1: I feel a hate crime coming on right now. I mean,
2: crime. it's just certain parts. Of, oh, it's just, it got to me. So yeah, well, there you go. I like, you know, I like how he called he I'm going to
1: bury you with that mask.
2: I'm sorry. I always liked how he called he-man young man. When King Randor said that it, it, it's, it seemed different. Like, you know, cause it's like he, I don't know. It, it, he addressed him a different way that I never heard. I'm always used to, you know, like, He-Man you think is kind of older or man, but when he said young man, it's like he had this different respect for He-Man and called him something that I don't think anybody else...
1: Well, I'd imagine King Randra probably calls anybody that's younger than him young man, you know. I, not not to say that He-Man does not look like a fully grown, you know, guy in his maybe mid-20s, you know. He still is a young man, even though I think people think of young man as like a, a teenager or something like that. Yep. Maybe you're a, a, know. Oh, a but
2: young speaking of adult. things Poor poor Prince Adam, you know, he's basically, you know, right there finding out where the person that Randor wants to accompany him, he wants He-Man, and well, of course, Prince Adam wants to do it. You know, that's what the similarity, I guess, I felt like they were trying to do in this episode, how they like doing, you know, in, in a lot of different TV shows is putting similar stories for different characters. Like Beast Man, all he he's wanting to really do is get the respect of Skeletor and Prince Adam wants to get the respect of his father. You know, I felt like that was like a similar, you know, struggle that they're both doing in this story. Maybe something, I don't know, that really wasn't thought of, but I kind of got that vibe, you know?
1: And I, I, this is my favorite scene of this entire episode is the music playing with with Adam, you know, pretty much, you know, bleeding his heart out and saying, you know, I'm, I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of being a failure to my father because I have to pretend. And it, it's such a, a, a very refreshing sequence with a lot of depth to it and, and how comforting the sorceress is. It gives so much credit to Linda Garrett delivering her lines here that she's she understands and sympathizes, but she also, you know, Explains the
2: him. importance of that. I see yeah, that. that
1: it's important that you do. And I, I, hate it for you. I mean, and she says, you know, do what you think is right, but be careful. And it, and this will come back to bite Adam in the butt because he, man can take care of things. Prince Adam cannot, he, Adam, Adam, obviously is a physically strong guy and trained very well, but you know, he, he can't take on, you know, skill force forces or anything, you know, that's, a lot more um threatening so to speak and i mean uh, but to to get caught up here it's, it's it's fun watching beast man you know uh kind of wallowing in, in, in his you know defeat and failure yeah. of being kicked out and these yeah, almost he's almost like boring. what i
2: was saying with the similarities of with prince adam like i said uh, he yeah. wants this respect from skeletor just like adam wants respect from his father and as you see here the poor guy still doesn't get respect even from this little uh tree creature that plopped
1: yeah, i up. used to think that fruit was as a kid like that's kind of looks kind of gross like it looks like
2: slime and, <laughs> like... and he licks it and he likes it but uh
1: i mean some sort of you know uh, that whatever fruit it was I mean it's you know I guess it's kind of good That Beastman thought was pretty good but uh,
2: and now he's going to try to give it uh, time to shine here and there is a part that I do really enjoy that when it comes up I'll explain because it's something that I don't think you've really seen in a lot of other episodes not saying it hasn't happened but when it does I'll explain it I do uh, I do get kind of a kick out of it
1: so uh, Randall still belittling Adam you know like very disapproving that He-Man didn't didn't come along and yeah it, it's fun it's fun to see beast man you know being calculating like he's thinking to himself like like he's so desperate to show skelter like look i want to come back and i'll show you just how competent i am like it's not at this point about revenge it's about proving that you know i'm worthy of being a member of the evil warriors at this sure. point, which is hey, interesting that it's not about revenge it's strictly yeah. <coughs> excuse me about proving himself which yeah, so like like, it, you're like it's it what you're saying, yeah huh? it's
2: yeah, just like I said with Prince Adam. So you see what I mean with that similarity. It's like yeah. Beast Man and Prince Adam are going through the same thing, which is well, obviously different people. But all right, so here we go. We got this moment with all the Shadow Beasts. They're going to get into that freaking attack track. They're going to make sure that they get in there and they get the King because Beast Man's got a plan. He's he has an idea. He has an idea. But I again, I'm waiting for that part. And, and it shows his strength here. You know, knocking over a tree, doing what he has to do to stop him. And I'm going to like when Prince Adam gets out of here. I'll explain this when it happens. And there goes Man at Arms just being dismissed like absolutely nothing. But Prince Adam wants to show what he can do. So he gets out. And well, you're going to find out what he can do really isn't much. Because, bam, right here, Beastman has him. Now look at Beastman's eyes. I love the little slits. Not to say like how Modulok is, but more animal-like instead of the pupils. You see those slits in his eyes?
1: Yeah. Something about I, this this was me. such a cool bit of animation anyway. Like to see yeah. you know one of the you evil wards physically grab a hold of of one of them. Right, and it was unique. and He's him.
2: different. He's grabbing him, Prince Adam, struggling. Yeah. Can't get him. But I love seeing how evil Beastman looked. And can you say has that been done in many other episodes with the eyes slit like that? I loved
1: it. I can't really say for sure right off the top of my head because I I you know you don't see Beastman do that kind of stuff to where you know. No, I I'd say probably not. Okay. But
2: it scared me you know, as a kid. I do remember that. That for some reason when I seen Beastman, it scared me when I was a kid because he looked well, very
1: frightening. See, when he scowled earlier about, you know, I'm master of all the beasts, right? And goes, ah, you know, that face he made in that part scared me as a yeah. kid. And this is it just emphasizing, you know, Beastman's triumph, you know, mocking Randor. I mean it's and the dialogue it's all good there's not a bad line of dialogue in this entire episode Everybody's still treated very well i mean like him mocking randor for his son like in lower lower i mean it's just great like beastman is just you know just i mean putting salt in the wound just putting putting the uh, the pressure you know harder and harder you know on randor that you know what you're you've lost i'm going to capture your son i'm going to get all the you know the turning you know royal he treasury wants that
2: gold yeah he wants Exactly. He wants the gold. He wants the treasure. He has a plan, and he's hoping that then Skeletor then can now respect him after what he's done. And of course, and it's just
1: unfortunate that Skeletor is not there. That Merman's left on you know guard duty while they're off in the space mission, and it, it sucks because you would love to see how Skeletor will react. That Beastman has only been gone maybe a couple of days. Yeah. And comes right back with King Randor in hand.
2: And I like that. You know, when Merman told him he's out doing some, you know, like mission out in space, I thought that was cool too. It
1: was like, He's in space? a destruction mission too. It's Lord destruction. of Destruction is out on a destruction mission. <laughs> in like he's, space. Like what was no he doing? He-Man. Yeah, Nobody's he- stopping him. Wherever right. he's at. What's, What's he what is he
2: doing? Where's he at? What's going on? Yeah. Just the thought of being in space, you know, and of course we know eventually we got, you know, new adventures with He-Man and all that. Well, I think maybe,
1: maybe you could tie it into like Shadow Skeletor, where he goes to the 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 light and the dark moon and starts a war between those two. Like you could almost say like he's he Travels out there to kind of start plotting. I could really start a war between these two moons. But and here we are with one of the I love this. Probably one of Manoron's best moments is is when he says, Why didn't you turn to He Man? Adam tells him why. And then Manoron tells him, Oh, it's um, this here it is right here. When he, he stops Adam from here, it is. I mean, it's it's such a that's what makes Man of Arms a good character, He's saying things like that. He's it wise.
2: In. He's a wise yeah. man.
1: Oh, I love this. Like I know what I have to do.
2: Boom! Oh, yeah.
1: man. And that was cool. You know what's oh, weird? It's, it's so much ass. I so remember
2: much- this. It was cool. I always remember I got confused with the Prince Adam and No More. For some reason, I thought it meant there wasn't going to be No More Prince Adam. So the title used to, as a kid, confuse me at times. I was like, why does it say Prince Adam No More? I, I kind of always got lost with that as a kid. I always assumed it meant like there was going to be no more Prince Adam, like He Man, maybe you know, turned. Well, I know. mean, because honestly,
1: Prince Adam is He Man, and Prince Adam is now the disguise because he has to pretend to be a you know a, a guy that just wants to fool around with women and be lazy. So, so Prince Adam has become the disguise, and He Man is who he really is, kind of like with Batman and Bruce Wayne.
2: Yeah, I felt bad. So it just kind of I don't know. I don't know. And, and then we get to see here we go beast man feasting enjoying what he's done sitting in skeletor's throne when do you see something like that so it's like yeah man, he feels like he's the one that's the king of snake mountain right now
1: eating that cart and you chicken. see the Delta's obviously got rations hanging around snake mountain, so they'd probably break into his private pantry or something like that like, i mean we, he's got wine he's got some great
2: chicken in here what is it about you cartoon know? chicken that always looks so good when he ate that it, it does delicious
1: look, <laughs> i love to sit down at the table with merman and beastman and chow down on you know Whatever beverage they've got there, maybe some grape juice or something like. That. I'm sure it's wine of some kind. But,
2: <laughs> some you know, kind, but now He Man's in there, and well, He Man's of course.
1: And he- I love the sequence of He Man coming in by himself. The music that's playing too, like he's on a mission. He's gonna come in and get his father, and it's just such a great action adventure scene from He Man. He knows where to go and stay in my life. He's been there so many yeah, times. Yeah, because he didn't fall for right? that
2: trap. He didn't go for that beam. He jumped yeah. over it, but they still heard a sound effect. But I like that he looked. He's observant.
1: I mean, I love this. It's, it's, I mean, just small, subtle stuff, but it's so, so many things I feel like people look over a whole lot.
2: Sure. And now he's looking for King Randor. Of course, there's this giant,
1: imprisoned octopus creature. I not what's in that cage.
2: Exactly. Yeah. That was kind of always fun mystery of some of these creatures, is yeah. not even seeing them. You know, you didn't have to see him to know that there was something savage and, you know, beastly behind those bars. So, yeah, but of course he pops this out and he gets his, and there, the alarm while it goes off now, but, and uh, we're going to get to see some good, uh, some good scrapping from King Randor, which I kind of, yeah. as you I know. I love like,
1: it. it's, it's just so cool to see them running and, and, and the impending forces of the robot knights are coming and it's just, it's such a, I mean, all this, the animation, the music, I mean, everything, it's just, yeah. it's all coming, I mean.
2: It's I always like this coming but, at you stuff, too. I like that, that 3D, I mean, you know, face-to-face running, but I yeah. also like that how you're going to see King Randor, ain't going to back down. You know, people don't know, like, you know, what he's done. So it's cool to see him getting down here.
1: You got man, uh, Evelyn's uh, wand is sitting right off to the side, like she's about, and he's going to grab it and bam. Just...
2: Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. It was good. I always like seeing when you'd see the people you didn't expect doing something to do yeah. something. It, it's just so cool.
1: And Randor saying, "Wouldn't it be great if Adam could see me doing this?" And it's just <laughs> like you know, he can. It's it's great because for the fans, they know it's a real father son moment, even if Randor doesn't. It's just, uh, it's just, it's just great. It's a, it's such a great, it's great storytelling.
2: It is, and there you got Got to see them take care of all those disposable hover robots,
1: robot knights,
2: <laughs> or, or robot knights, hover robots, whatever you want oh, to call them. Night.
1: I'm just, I, I'm just so picky about that. Like I know they're hover robots because they are referred to as hover robots in this episode, but to me they're always going to be robot knights.
2: Just like you. I know you, you're you a stickler for heroic mas- or heroic warriors and masters. Like
1: people can get away with calling them hover robots because they're called that in this episode. Whereas, you know, robot knights, I got that from Diamond Ray, but yeah, yeah, but I'm more of a stickler for the... Yeah,
2: the tomato, 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 I get you. Either way it works. Yeah. Well, no. But
1: I, I, I like this too, like even though you've seen these guys in team ups before, this this is a bit different because it just doesn't feel like, you know, they're told by skeletal so these guys are out trying to defend what Beastman has accomplished, you know, and Merman's right there with him. Of course, he's getting his butt handed to him because okay. he's not standing a chance against He Man, but. And I love this this moment where Beastman charges him in the basher the He-Man. How did he get out of that cage?
2: How did he get out of that cage? If that thing can't get out, how did Birdman get out without a key? But whatever, that's another thing that I'll pass on. But yeah, there you go. Got Beastman. There we go. (laughs) Yep, he got Beastman. And Beastman ain't going nowhere.
1: It's just a cool He-Man moment when the He-Man thing kicks him and he grabs a hold of that basher. The music is always
2: there. You go. I love the cut. It's a custom figure. You can just put one of the uh, robot knights' heads God.
1: on a beast. Joe's head. only <laughs> thinking of himself here.
2: I am not open. Oh, that be awesome to make. No. So there oh, you go. Boy. There.
1: Here we go to this. The. the.
2: Oh, Lord. Well, I'm getting oh, live right. calls during the show. Oh. Sorry about that. That will call Danny
1: calling to say, Joe, I want to thank you guys for talking so great about the episode that I wrote.
2: Exactly. So, yeah, so here goes Beastman doing his talking, his hardcore talking. He can say what he wants about Skeletor because, you know, he's not scared, but
1: <laughs> I always
2: <laughs> like when they get caught, you know, like, and he basically. And, and the
1: back shot back. of Skeletor's, you know, I mean, pumped fists. I mean, he like, curled up, like, he's like, oh, man, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I always the, like that. I always like when question. they got
2: caught. That was always cool to see, you know, when the main baddie, you know, would show up then. And you're like, oh, shoot, you know, it, it's over now. Clean that crap up, Beastman. You know what to do. Merman, too. You both clean that stuff up. So, I guess Merman, he got thrown in the same little category as yeah. Beastman, being on the oust.
1: And it, obviously, it shows that Skeletor, whatever.
2: And that skill and that Beastman likes it, as you see. You know what? He, he enjoys it now. He kind of is glad.
1: He enjoys it, but also acknowledges, you know what, Skeletor didn't kick me out. Yeah. You know, even though they say clean it up, then you're gone. But you kind of get the vibe that Skeletor's like, "Come on back."
2: Yeah. Oh, and here comes the line that you're going to hear eventually. What uh, Prince Adam's going to say in regards to King Randor, and what's that line for everybody?
1: With a good left hook. And, And you know, it's
2: weird. It's like I always wondered. Why'd you say that? Because, you know, then King Randor was like, wait, but how? And I wonder. It's like he kind of wanted to let him know, hey, I'm He-Man, but still didn't, you know?
1: I was surprised. It, feels like that- it's like, it's like, it almost feels like if Randor did figure it out, he probably, he probably wouldn't have bothered him.
2: Yeah, he wanted him to know that's what i liked he wanted his dad kind of to know in a way he it just like adam couldn't hold it in so yeah well that was a real good episode and then it ends with of course you know
1: one of a the good, good solid moral you know, right? orco or- here too and it's just about love
2: between parents and children so i mean which is like i said that was a nice moral at the end
1: yeah and it, it's a moral that was weak into the story it was not something that you felt like you know that's what formation was so good about they didn't they didn't talk down to kids they they put it into the story so much that you wouldn't, you know, unless they told you a lot of these morals. You wouldn't have even know. I mean, some of them were completely, you know, shoehorned in, like you know, safety and driving a car and stuff like that. But right, there's something like that, you know, a, a, you know, watching that, you you, a child probably would not have picked up on that immediately. And then you go once Oracle tells you what it was about. Like, okay, I get it now. So yeah. so
2: it was, it was a and solid that, episode. Like I said, I had my little things I was just joking to nitpick on, but otherwise, no. Of that course.
1: Or of course you were.
2: Because yeah, because like I said, there's some that you could, but otherwise, no. That was always a fun episode. I I enjoyed it. I yeah. I'd probably I don't know if I'd put it in my top five, but uh, it's it's still it's a very solid episode. I like,
1: I, no, I I definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I almost feel like with the top five, I'd really have a hard time, but. Um, yeah, because
2: unfortunately, five. if you notice you it seems like anytime we watch one of these, you're always like, it's in my top five. It's like, well,
1: as much as I love let's see, we've done Donald Dragon, as much as I love that episode, I probably wouldn't put it in my top five. I would probably put it in my top ten, but not my top five. Uh, There's a quest for He-Man's ain't going top nothing. All you right. know, uh, Antar would be in my top five Sheeran episodes, but like we haven't done Dragon Skip, we haven't done Shakodi, we haven't done Disappearing Dragons, we haven't done well, Evil Insplate. There's plenty left, so plenty to do. But those those four episodes are just so Prince Adam known what would probably might actually round on my top five if I start thinking about it. There, but, all right. Yeah.
2: Well, I tell you what, that was it was a great episode. It was good commentary. And before we get to your closing uh, statements, and before we get to Doug's takeaways, it's time for me to talk about the module lock mask that I promised that I'll give fans a chance to win. I'll try to make one thing really easy. Another one might be a little tricky, but there's two things you guys have to do. If you can be the you know, the first one that can answer both of these questions correctly and post the answers on our Fans of Power Facebook page, you'll win my first ever module lock mask. So,
1: now the first question is: There is a plant in this picture of me and Lewis Black that you can't really see. You are your job is to you know identify. Up. What kind of plant this is behind me in this picture of Lewis Black that you cannot see? So the person who gets right gets past the first question. Ignore it's the a, man diseased it. a diseased
0: ficus. A diseased ficus.
1: <laughs> I mean, what can I say? Doug has a green thumb.
2: All right, everybody ignore Tyler. So here's question number one. This cover here for Taverns of Fear. I want to know Who is the artist who drew this cover for Caverns of Fear? That's the first question. Second question I've mentioned this before on my Facebook page a lot, my personal Joe Amato Facebook page. Now you can go to my page. Mexico. Oh, there you go. Now, again, you don't need, even if you're not on my friends list, you can still look through all my photos and stuff. I want you to tell me how I won my Super Nintendo back in the day because I made a post with a picture and you could do some searching through my photos, find that, tell me how I won my Super Nintendo back in the day. And along with this of who drew the cover for Caverns of Fear, you answer both those correctly, post the answers on the fans of power Facebook page. You'll win my module lock mask. So those are the two questions. So there you go. That's my stuff. And before we go to you, Tyler, Dirt, what do you have for takeaways?
0: All righty. Well, let's see here. We got a couple things here tonight. First of all, Joe just cannot get away from those Friday the 13th references. He uh, he made a new Moduloc mask. He redid the artwork. It looks shiny. It looks fresh. Just like Jason X Evil got an upgrade.
2: Oh, okay. I like that. Uh-oh, all right. Jason X.
0: We also learned that tonight, this podcast totally reeks of awesomeness. Oh, okay.
2: Ready yeah. R. Gotcha. Uh,
0: according to Tyler, in 1986, we got Rio Blast, and we also got Rio Blast. So make sure you take note of that, kids.
2: Oh, did he say it twice? <laughs> okay. He,
0: he likes his Rio Blast. <clears throat> and finally, uh, for those of you who are looking at the book cover for Caverns of Fear, Joe thinks that paintings are drawn. So, draw what you all from that. Back to you guys.
1: Boy, is his face red.
2: I got zinged. I love getting zinged. All right. I can admit that. I'm a moron. I am a moron. I can admit that. So, all right. So, I always appreciate
1: Doug's attention to detail. When you think he's not listening, he's coming, of, he's screwed up here. He's screwed up there, you know. <laughs> He'll get you. Don't ever cross <laughs> dirt. Dirt will he's get you. He's the ya. spoiler. That's what he is. Doug's the he's, spoiler. He, he's named Dirt
2: for a reason because he's gonna bury you. So he's got all go. the
1: dirt on all of us. That's right. He'll bury you. Triple H dirt. of the podcast. I'm gonna bury all of you.
2: That's right. Yeah. So oh Tyler, go ahead. What do you got for recommendations or closing statements or anything? What you got for us?
1: Um, quickly, um, I've I've got the image for the uh the mini comic that me and Carson have, you know, or that Carson's been working on, still working on, and I'm, you know, hopefully I'll I'll have more images. But um, the image that's shown here is what I, I mentioned last week, and I'm not, I'm just gonna tell you what it is because people are thinking, what the hell is it? But it is a dimensional gate that leads from me turning to Etheria, and it's a giant man eating plant, and I pulled that as a reference from the Golden Book Teal's as to get to Etheria. There was the, the, a mandating plant in the vine jungle mm-hmm. that if you let it swallow you, it would spit you out on Etheria, and that's what this is. So uh, Carson came up with his own idea of what this big mandating plant is, and um, the following panels will, will like- show A-Man and the Heroic Warriors coming out of the plant on Etheria and trying to figure out where they've got to go to get to the fright zone. So- I like that. That's not spoiling because you know I think everyone would know that God's going to fight evil in this. But to give context to this image, since there's no characters to be revealed, that is what the purpose of this mandating plant is, and you'll you'll see it open up in, in the other in the uh, the panels that are not colored right now, and um, you know possibly a surprise here or, here or there on uh, in this scene. That uh, when it's complete, I think everybody will appreciate the the, the surprise that's. Um, in this in this particular scene, when the heroes arrive on Ethereum. why okay. they're on studio, you'll have to find out.
2: Yeah. Nice little teaser without showing too much, because you know me, yeah.
1: I hate spoiling. Carson's always always like, we can't spoil anything, we can't spoil anything. I'm like, well, damn it, man, we gotta, we gotta I gotta show him something here. I need, I need to, you know, yeah, just I want to be able to give context, you know, is to you know because yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I I want I want left unspoiled and. I'm right there with him on that. With the mandated plan, I kind of felt like I needed to explain what it is and why it's there. So that is that. And my uh, recommendation this week is Orko's Missing Magic from Season 1, written by Larry D'Etelio. And it's a uh, an episode with no, no Skeletor, no uh, – I mean, there is a villain, but he's not a big, big part of it. But Orco loses his magic in this gronk. Uh, which is a little furry creature and by accident and he can't do anything. Can't do simple tricks, can't can't do anything, can't conjure up rabbits. So and, it's no uh, different
2: than how they always portray him. Is always pretty being clutch, a but he,
1: he can't even do that. Like if he screws <laughs> up, he can't even do that. He's and he's pretty disheartened because that's what he takes pride in is doing small tricks as the court gesture and and feels like his sense of worth. In this episode feels like it's deserved. Not the typical Oh, Man-at-Arms yells at Orko. He runs off hurt feelings, blah, 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 like it's happened to This This is legitimately well done. And they they find out that uh, the Gronk ended up in a uh, another dimension on the planet called o- Omiro, run by an overlord called Zolt, who's taken the magic and, and rolls the planet with that. It's on a very crazy planet. But it's, it's a very simple story, but it's, it's good. It's, it's a simple sword or magic story, so to speak. There's, you know, a lot of uh, crazy uh, people and creatures in it and things like that. And and it's an episode I did not like at all as a kid. I, I thought it was very dismissive, boring, but as an adult, I found it to be a hell of a lot better. And uh, Is it
2: in your top five with your other no, 20 top it's
1: five? No, it's not my top five, but it's, <laughs> there's a lot of good episodes that wouldn't be in my top five, maybe not even top 10, but there are some that I'm like, no, that's a really good episode. And Orco's missing magic is definitely a heavily overlooked episode. An episode that's not talked about at all. There's no skeletal, There's no um, memorable one shot villain, you know, Zolt isn't, why hasn't Joe done a, a commission of Zolt instead of, you know, focusing on putting his old mask in front of the camera for product placement.
2: I was doing my airplane, especially but, since Dirt was talking about that earlier. I figured I'd have some airplane <laughs> reference, remember? And popping from the top, popping from the side. Oh God, I had a moment. I'm sorry. Uh, my attention.
1: attention. I made. throw it that that a uh, motto.
2: There you go. The rotten tomato.
1: But uh, that's my uh, He-Man recommendation for this week, and I'll uh, I'll have another one of those next week, or uh, uh, an epic moment, or another preview from Carson. is hard to say, um, but. Um, that's that's my closing thoughts on this week really enjoyed today's episode
2: yeah it was good all right and as for me you know i keep it simple just go to fans go to popculturenetwork.com go to he-man or and on facebook go to masters of the universe he Your all the fan group all the places all the people so until next time have a powerful day
1: they should have boards bloody savage
2: Joe stumped off the air again, just like last week. I love it. I love when I just don't know something.
1: I'm, I'm quoting Brody from Mallrats when they're at the flea market. and He sees, of course, these have got boards, but he sees a pile of comic books, flips through them, and sees there's no bagging and board and looks at the dealer. These should have boards and throws them down. <laughs> bloody savage.
0: Okay.